Well, I want to start off by saying uh, thank you to moms. Um, uh, I was fortunate. I had uh, an incredible mom. Uh, my mom was the lady who uh, every time, I mean every time, if there was uh, two pieces of pie left, she always took the smallest piece. Whatever, she always, always served, and I was so grateful uh, as I watched her do that, and I've watched many of you do that. And uh, it's, in, it's an interesting task, this mom thing, this, uh, this mom idea, because you're filled with so much love for your kids. You so want them to succeed. You so want to be able to do the right thing. But what's the path? Like, what is the path to get there? How do you know what the right thing is to do? Do you just copy what your mom did? But you know, the truth is, you don't actually know what your mom did. The most important years of your life, the first three to five years, you barely remember. And so you don't necessarily know what your mom did. You know what your mom said she did, and she tells those stories, and you're not sure that's really accurate. It's not how you remember it. Um, so do you, do you do the latest fad? Do you do the latest thing? What is the path? How do you know what to do? And even if someone could tell you exactly what to do and when to do it, times change dramatically. People don't change that much. When a baby's born, they're like, they're like the babies were 3,000 3, years ago. They're, they're basically, they cry, they're hungry. I don't know if they used diapers back then. I'm not sure what they used. But it's all basically, that all part of that's basically the same. But my goodness, how the cultures change. How different it is, even in the last 15 years, with what's happened with technology. You, are, you moms are the first moms to try to raise children with these smartphones around. With access to technology that's just unbelievable, you're the first ones to do it. And so times change, but principles don't. So we're gonna, we want to encourage you, we want to celebrate you, and this morning we're just going to take a look and walk through some principles that you would follow. Uh, before I go any further, uh, Andrea, would you please stand up? She's chewing, I caught her just the right time. Uh, Andrea actually wrote this message. She writes the Mother's Day message for us. We have her, we have her kind of celebrate or plan Mother's Day. We, because of the new move and all the changes, we weren't able to do as much around Mother's Day as we usually do. We usually do a breakfast and that kind of thing. But um, I just want you to know right up front, if there's anything wrong with the message, I, I didn't write it. She, she wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so putting your kids on a good path. And it's, uh, today's message is full of, of scriptures. As you interact with the scriptures, don't interact with the scriptures as though, oh, man, that's right. That's what I got to do. Oh, that's right. That's what, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Oh, I should be doing that. Don't interact with it that way. Interact with it that God, who has blessed you with being a mom, wants to empower you to do this. God wants to come alongside you. God wants you to come alongside him and empower you to be able to do these things. Don't look at it as though it's a should or ought. Look at it as though, wow, that's something I can do. With Christ, that is something I can do. So we're going to start with uh, the, this uh, passage that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, which is at the heart of everything that you want. 
You want that they are just as acute and adorable and lovely, and they love you the same way they do when they're five years old. You want them to do that when they're 35 years old. You want them to have that soft heart and care about uh, others, and you want, you're like, I want to be able to impart into them so that when later on, they will be able to succeed and do well. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. God doesn't tell us to teach a child, but instead we are to train a child. Uh, it's very, very easy to fall into the trap that I as a parent told them what to do. I, I don't understand this. I told you not to do that. I don't understand this. I taught you not to do this. Well, uh, I don't, again, I think I said this last week. I, it's amazing how you forgot what you were like when you were a child. Did you really care what anybody said when you were a child? Did you, did you really care what they said? Did it matter that your mom said it 15 times? No. Why? Because talking doesn't change anyone's life. As a matter of fact, for the most part, the great lessons that you learned in life, you did not learn them because you were sitting across the table and your mom and your dad said, oh, I'm going to tell you something. And they said something to you and you went, my goodness, that is so true. I'm going to adopt that as my way of life. That is not the normal. What's the normal reaction? Yeah, mom. Yeah, dad. I hear you. Are you listening? I'm listening. But you're not, you know, that's not how you learn things. That's not what changes you. That's not what impacts you. Even if it was a quote that your parents said and you wrote it down and you put it on the wall, that still wouldn't be what impacts you. What impacts someone is when they are trained in something. I had a, a buddy, Kelly, he trained horse races. Uh, horse, wait, no. Race, horse, yeah, horse racing horses, yeah. They were trotters. And uh, a trotter, you do not want a trotter to break into a gallop. You have to train them to simply trot the entire race. And so I was amazed at his patience. It was incredible. He would take this horse and he would work with this horse for months and never try to test the top speed of that horse. Never try to find out how good the horse was or try to find out how fast the horse could be. He just kept, he would take him out every day and he would trot and trot. I'd be like, did you, did you, find, do you know if he's a fast horse yet or not? Nope. He's pouring money into this horse. He's feeding this horse. He's got vets taking care of this horse. He has no idea if this horse will ever win a race. He just patiently, patiently, patiently is training the horse. And when you train a horse or when you train a child, the focus cannot be on what's happening today. The focus has to be on where you're headed. The focus has to be where you want to be in the future. And as it talks about this idea of training a child in the way he should go, the focus is on the path ahead, not on what's happening today. Now, moms and dads, I happen to know how hard that is. I happen to know how hard it is 
when you are potty training your child, that today, this moment, when they just peed on the rug again, that it seems like all of life is right now. You need to obey right now. We need to get this done right now. And you are focused on today, and you are focused on the product of today. What happened today? Am I a success today? You cannot train a child that way. You can't. You won't be training. You're just trying to produce. You're trying to get that child to behave the way you want them to. You're not training them for the future. This is true in everything and every, everything you've ever been trained in. You start with what? You start with the small pieces, and there's two major pieces to training. One is, we are going to do exercises that are going to prepare you for the future. And number two, we are going to do it rep- repetitively, over and over and over and over again. Over and over and over and over again. It's a really cool principle of parenting. If you have a child who's just super easy, you tell them what to do and they do it. That's actually dangerous. Why? Because they're not being trained. They don't learn to do it by repetition. It doesn't become a part of their life because they had to repeat it so many times that now it's become a part of their life. If you have a child who is rebellious, headstrong, and is at war every day, guess what you get to do? You get to train them every day, all day. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. That child is going to be trained because the repetition is more and more and more as you work through their life. So instead of, it, instead of seeing it as though I'm going to talk to them, just throw that right out the window, I'm going to train them. It's my job to train this child so that he knows, and this is what we talked about, what we're going to talk about next. Where do you start with this training idea? What, what's the foundation? Where's the beginning of the path? And the beginning of the path is, is God. It's the Bible. The Bible says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. I love this verse because it, it kind of envelops the whole thing. It is useful for teaching, telling you what's true and right and the way you should go. It's true for rebuking, telling you uh, that's not the way I said you should go. You're on the wrong path. Correcting. Here is the right path. Let's follow this path now. And training. This is how you stay on this path and this is how you succeed. It's awesome. It's the whole circle. The Bible is there for that reason. That's what it does in our lives. It's literally, here's a why in the road. I want to teach you how to make good decisions when you hit the why in the road. Training is raising your child to be able to make great decisions and have the power or or the character to be able to follow through on the right decision when they hit that why. What are the whys? Well, there's opportunities. There's new opportunities that come along, and they have the ability to go, that is a great opportunity. The wise decision at this point is to take that one. That's the one I'm going to take. Or there's temptations. 
That's when you come to a why and you say, that one looks really good. But God made it really clear, that's not a good one to take. So I'm going to take the other one. Or a tragedy. Something has come into my life that shakes everything I thought was true. It makes me hopeless. It makes me want to give up. Major wise. To train your child is to help them to be able to come to the place where they can make great decisions and follow through on those decisions when they hit those parts of life. That's what training is. It's not about behavior first. The reason why you're using behavior, helping them to develop character, the ability to behave the right way in the right place at the right time, is because you know those whys are coming in their life. You know they're coming. They came in your life. They're in your life right now. And what do you have to have at the why? You've got to have the Bible. You've got to know what the Bible says. You've got to know how to be able to apply the Bible to that place in life right now. Just look at your own life. Look at your own life. For many of you, if your parents had trained you, all the pain and sorrow you would not have gone through. All the trouble. Because when you hit that why, you weren't ready for it. You made the wrong decision. And now you're spending your life. You're right now at Skyline trying to reverse that why, come back to that point and go in the other direction. Which, thank goodness, you can do. Because Jesus is who he is. You can do that. But that's what training is. It goes on to say, And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The simple principle. What more valuable gift can you give your child than the gift that they come to know who Jesus really is? I use that language because I grew up with a group of people who went to church every week. Actually, I grew up with a group of people who went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and sometimes Wednesday night. They didn't know who Jesus really was. Their Jesus was a Jesus who was all concerned about their behavior and all concerned about how they were better than other people because other people weren't like them. They weren't following the Bible the way they were. They didn't know who Jesus really was. They didn't know about the grace of Christ. They didn't know what he had done for them for this life. The, many of you grew up... And, Actually, if I interviewed you and I said, do you know who Jesus is? Or have you believed in Jesus? Almost every one of you would say, I've believed in Jesus ever since I was a kid. I've always believed in Jesus. Right. But do you have the fruit in your life that Jesus said you would have in your life if you believed in him? If the answer to that is no, that's because you don't know who the real Jesus is. It's not because he failed. It's not because you didn't do it right. It's because you haven't met the real Jesus. I believe the highest, highest calling in life. I believe the top priority in life, if you have children, is that your entire life should be given to helping them to see who the real Jesus is. And that starts with knowing what he said. It starts with knowing what the Bible 
has to say. I think it's the greatest gift that you can give to your child. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Training your child to know who God is and then to be able to develop the character of repentance. You know what the character of repentance is? The character of repentance is not that you never do anything wrong. The character of repentance is not that you live your life going, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Watch out, oh, don't do that, no. The character of repentance is this. You live life, man, you're going at it. And you're searching after things and you're grabbing things and you're starting new companies and you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But when you do wrong, your first response is, I did that. I broke that. And I'm responsible to pay for it. We're going to play ball. And we are, we're going to play baseball. And yes, I understand there's a chance we're going to break that window. But baseball is so fun, it doesn't matter. We're going to play anyway. Smack. Break the window. Everybody else runs away. Except for the person who has the character of repentance. We broke the window. I got to pay for it. Can you imagine what your kids' lives will be like if they develop the character of repentance? Not fearing life, but living life to its fullest, knowing that when I break something, I'm responsible to pay for it. Can you imagine if you raise your son like that, what kind of a husband he's going to be? What kind of father he is going to be? The character of love and compassion and leadership and kindness. Life built on the Bible equips you to build that kind of character. In the video, it's really cool. At the end, she's like, you know, I just want to, I want to take care of you for the rest of your life. And she's like, the daughter's like, you, you have. Why? Because you built repentance and love and compassion and kindness into my life. That's what will protect your child for the rest of your life. Not you being there. Not you talking to them. But building this into their lives. It starts with the Bible. The next, the next passage says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for ev to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. This paints the picture that Skyline is all about. Skyline is all about this. You share life with Christ, and then you share life with people, and they will see who Jesus really is, and you're going to end up in conversations where they're like, why do you have so much joy in your life? Which, by the way, I got mom and dad, but mom this morning. The measurement of your Christianity is joy. You want to know if you've met the real Jesus? It all has to do with joy. It doesn't matter if you serve like crazy and you're busy and you're working hard to be the greatest mom in the world and you're trying to just check off everything. You're trying to do the best job you can do because you believe in Jesus. That is not the measurement of Christianity. Or your relationship with Christ. The measurement of your relationship with Jesus is joy. Do you have joy? Because when we believe Jesus, we always have joy. Always. Not always happiness. We may hate our circumstances. But you always have joy. 
But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now part of that is you actually know what the Bible has to say, and you can share it with people why you have that joy, what Jesus has done in your life. But this is something I experienced in my life, and I, I just want to pass it on to you. This is something Lori and I experienced in our life, and Lori was just fantastic at it. I mean fantastic. When you come to know Christ, and, you, and you're, you're raising your, your, your children, and you look at the world, and the world is headlong in sin. Like, it's headlong, upside down, messed up. It's a, it's a mess. Your kid goes to kindergarten, and he comes home, and he talks a certain way. Where'd you get that language? Did you get that from the teacher? Nah, my best friend, man. He's like, cusses like a sailor, right? Just, it's, it's, it's bad out there, right? So you have this tendency that you want to protect your children from that. So you want to separate. To separate from the sin of the world is fantastic. It's wonderful. It's part of the character you want to build in your kids' lives. But to separate from the hearts of the people in the world is a major mistake. If you want your children to see who Jesus really is, the greatest way that can happen is when they watch you love your friends who don't know Christ, and they watch that person's life change when they come to Christ. The greatest thing that can happen, and we were really blessed. This may not happen in your life. This is really special. In our lives, Lori poured into, and because Lori's cool, she can do this. She poured into her children's lives. Not all of you are cool enough to pull that off, right? You really do have to be cool to be able to pour into your children's lives and not try to be their mom and take over the whole situation. We could train you in that too, but she was, she was really cool. She used to do this thing where she made these dirt cakes for her friends' birthdays. So when it was their birthday, they, they all got these dirt cakes. She used to make big ones if it was your birthday, and then little ones for the friends around it, for that kind of thing. Why? Because she wanted to help our kids be able to share the joy that was in their hearts with her friends. And someday, ask me the story about that, because Skyline is actually built on a number of those friends that came to Christ. And then we're part of building, planting and building Skyline. It's a really cool story. I have four children. All four of my children are convinced that Jesus changes people's lives. None of them believe it because I told them so. None of them believe it because I sat down with the Bible and I said, now look, this is what the Bible says, this is what's true, this is the way it is. They believe it because they watched it happen with my friends and their friends. Don't pull away, don't misunderstand that the role of your life when you come to Christ is to share that and share your life and sacrifice your life for other people so that they can come to know who Jesus is. Next, so first is our second is that we lead our children. The Bible says this, impress them on your, on your children. Talk about them. Uh, let me back up. This passage comes from the Old Testament. It comes from um, 
a time when the Israelite was the nation of Israel was about ready to go into the land of Canaan, their new land, and God's saying, look, before you go in, I want to, I want to talk to you about some things. And he says, uh, these commands I've given to you, they are given to you so you'll prosper, so you'll do well, so your life will prosper. He says, take these commands, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses, of your houses and your gates. Now, a lot of the Israelites do what we do as well. They saw this, this idea, this command. They said, oh, okay, so I'm going to take these, these commands and I'm going to tie them, I'm going to bind them as symbols on my hands, bind them on your foreheads. They still do this. There are, Israelites, there are Jewish people who still do this. They have this little box, and inside the box are the written commands, and they tie them to their heads. Like they wear them around. They totally missed the point. I mean totally missed the point. The point is that you have let Christ, or for them it was Jehovah, so become a part of your life that you can see the truth of those commands lived out when you get up, when you sit down to eat, when you go to work, Every decision you make, the way you drive, the way you interact with your neighbors, the way you interact with people at church, that they can see the commands of God working their way out in real life. The second part of this is that when <clears throat> your children watch you live life or when they, when they run into trouble in life, that when they run into trouble, you can actually take the Bible and say, hey, this is the principle you apply when this happens. This is what you do when your friends at school are picking on you. This is what you do when you're struggling at school. This is what you do when you get all A's and none of your friends like you. They don't want to be around you because all you do is show them your A's and how great you are. What do you do? The Bible actually has answers for all of those things, and they really, really work. And so you lead your children by being able to take the Bible and put it in place as you work along. The uh, next one is that you limit your children. Discipline is, I'm going to read through these passages and chat a little bit about it. Discipline is an integral part of raising godly children. For we know that the Lord disciplines those he loves. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. It gets a little stronger here. A rod and reprimand impart wisdom. But a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. Discipline your child and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Almost every area of your life is an opportunity to practice this. It's interesting that Andrea chose the word limit. At first I was like, that's not the right word. But as I began to work through it, I said, that, that, that's really a good word, especially for our culture. Our culture has presented the idea that you need to let your children do whatever they want to do so they can 
find that really good part of them inside of them and it just flows out. And if you'll just let them experience life and, and be creative and just let them express themselves, the problem is they need to be able to express themselves. If you'll just let that happen, wow. What happens when you do that, guys? Ay, ay, ay. They express themselves all right. It's usually not pretty. What happens to you when you're at work and something goes wrong and you express yourself? What happens to you when you come home and your wife is disappointed in you and you are disappointed in your wife and you are frustrated at each other and you express yourselves? What happens? Not good. You know what need, we, we need to be able to do? To limit what we say. To get what we think and what we do under control. That's what character is. That's your job as a parent. It's to discipline them. But you discipline them in a training way. What, what do you mean? You do it on purpose. You understand that they are not going to want to listen to you. And you understand that every morning you're going to get on your coach's hat. You're going to put on your coach's hat. And you're like, I'm going to help them become better at this today. And they're going to, they, their job, their whole goal is to not become better at it. And your job is to what? Help them become better at that and to be able to pour that into your lives. Now, you don't have to come up with special exercises for this. You do not have to go, okay, time for practice. Let's go. You get to do this when they get up, when they brush their teeth, when they make their bed, when they put away their pajamas, when they, and their attitude the entire time, whether or not they roll their eyes, picking, up, picking on brother and sister, eating breakfast, getting on the bus, getting in a car, buckling up. Everything in life. It has one question. Who's the boss? Are they the boss? Or is God the boss? Oh, guess who the boss is when your kid's five years old? You. You. And when you train a child in the way they should go, you train them to learn they are not the biggest dude on the block. You are. The, the third thing is that you laugh. That you enjoy your children. The Bible says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Again, uh, how do you do that? How do you laugh with your children? I want to throw this in here. Number one, this is probably the greatest thing I'm going to say today. This will probably change your life more than anything else I'd say. You ready? Get off your stinking phones. Get off your phones. Moms, this has become a real problem. You don't realize it's a problem because you're the one that's on the phone. Get off the phone. You should not be on that phone because it's impossible to train your child and be on the phone at the same time. Can't be done. You can't focus on what you need to do, and you know what? You're not enjoying your child. It's very possible that your child grows up and you miss the whole thing because you were on Facebook looking at somebody else's kid. Or you were posting your kid. Get off the phone. Enjoy the coaching. Here's the point for this that I want you, want you to grab a hold of. This whole coaching thing is actually like a competition. The child wants to win, you want to win. And the question is, who's going to win? 
Don't take this personally. It's not between you and the child. This is between the child and God. And you're a tool of God. Yeah, your child's going to take it personally. And they're going to go after you. Don't take it personally. You are the coach. Your job is to train them. You understand they're going to take it personally against you. Don't ever take it personally against them. If you ever find yourself not enjoying the process, it's because you've taken it personally. If you find yourself rip-roaring mad at your children, and you're screaming at them, it's because you take it personally. You've stopped training. And you're trying to now win, not so that you can help them become godly young people. You're now training them so you can personally win. Don't take it personally. It's not between you and them. It's between them and God. And you're trying to help them to set them up to succeed in their walk with God. What is, here's some simple tools you can follow or use to be able to do this. One is attend church regularly so your child can hear truth each and every week. Sometime, if you've never done it, ask children's workers, ask Erica, could you just come down and watch for a little bit? Not where you're seen. Can you come down and watch for a little bit? The work that our team does to help your children hear the word of God is over the top. It's amazing. It's amazing what they do. If you're not here every week, they're not going to hear it every week. They need to. Use the God time cards and learn and grow with your child. Say, what's a God time card? Ask them down there. Actually, your child walks out with it every week. Use that card. It's an incredible tool. Very few people around the world have this tool. We're giving it to you. Use that tool. Take advantage of the Awana handbooks. Uh, first service, we have Awana. Awana is an opportunity for your kids to memorize the Bible. Incredible impact on your kids' lives. If you help them memorize those verses, you'll memorize those verses. It'll have an incredible impact on you. Grow in your walk with God so you can answer questions your children have and live out what it looks like to follow God. Come back for our series on walking the path. This next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do you grow? How do you walk the path to build your life on grace? And so come back, hear that, learn how to do that. Do that, do that yourself personally. We have something called Growth Catalyst. You check in with Mary Lou in the back. She'll tell you all about it. Uh, anybody who's ever taken, almost anybody who's ever taken it, I, I haven't asked every single person. It's changed their life. They really grow. And then lastly, life groups. Cultivate community. You can befriend other parents, become a village in support and love and truth and wisdom and community and grow. Life group is the place that you can go and say, I think I'm losing. I think I'm losing the war. I, I should love my kid, but I feel like a failure. And that group of people will teach, this, they will speak the truth right back into your heart. And you'll be able to go right back at it and win for them. Train them so they can have that life you dream of. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for moms. Thank you for your word and thank you that you didn't leave us out in the cold or leave us with with no direction whatsoever. You've given us this, these incredible principles. I pray for our moms that as they heard what we talked about today, they will come back to these with courage and say, Jesus, 
I give you my life. This is what I want to do. I'm going to trust you to empower me to do this. I'm going to do this your way. In your name we pray.